0: The Feed Bandit Podcast, Episode 5, The Basics of Using Deer Feed. Howdy, and welcome back to the Feed Bandit Podcast, where our goal is to entertain while talking hunting and learning about the sport we we love right alongside you. With this podcast, we also want to do what we can to support small and family-owned businesses and entrepreneurs in the hunting space wherever possible. We believe they're the lifeblood of our economy and of our communities and hope that you agree with us about the importance of lending our support. If you are a small business, a feed store, a gear inventor or entrepreneur in the hunting space and would like to get more exposure to potential customers by being, by being featured on the Feed Bandit podcast, please let us know. Go to feedbandit.com slash promote and drop us a line. We'd love to discuss what we can do for you and your business. Again, that is feedbandit.com forward slash promote. And for you fellow hunters out there, do you want special access to new and innovative hunting gear? Well, if so, we are in the process of putting together an exclusive collection of small businesses and entrepreneurs in the hunting space to bring our community the best, newest, and most innovative products available. Limited access will be granted through our email list, so be sure to join the hunt. When you join, you will get a special gift, and that is our free ebook of unique hunting tips and tricks, tricks for both beginning and experienced hunters. So don't miss out, and be sure to join the hunt at FeedBandit.com join. Again, that's FeedBandit.com join. Well, howdy, everybody, and welcome back to the FeedBandit podcast. I'm your host, uh, Jimmy Byrne, and I'm joined by my esteemed compadre, Richard Kinchlow. How are you, sir? I'm good, sir. Howdy to the uh, FeedBandit podcast following folks out there. Indeed, indeed. So I think today we wanted to start a discussion about the basics of deer feed or supplemental feeding for deer. I say start a discussion because this is, uh, as you as you know, it is a pretty large topic that we will probably come back to from different angles in future podcasts. Uh, and You guys listening can find out a, a lot of this basic material that we'll be covering uh, on our blog at feedbanded.com forward slash feedbasics. Uh, so today, we just wanted to go over really the absolute basics, though, since we're coming up on deer hunting season, and where we hunt in Texas, uh, we're allowed by our wise overlords to put out feed for the supplemental feeding of deer, pretty much more or less without restriction. Uh, but as a quick aside along that, along those lines, uh, one thing that I found interesting uh, is when I put together another blog that we did that... Lists the feed regulations for all fifty states. There is a, uh, you know, a plethora of different laws on the books, totally across the board. You know, the regulations are everywhere, from uh, Texas-style freedom to do what you want, more or less, all the way to absolute and total bans. So, uh, everyone listening out there, if you're not in a state like Texas, uh, you know, be sure to take out some time to check out that blog at feedbanded.com/regs. Uh, that's R E G S, and uh, entertain yourself with the wide variety of laws on the state books, and we can do, uh, if you want, uh, feature podcasts just discussing some of the more interesting and odd <laughs> laws that are out there, and maybe the, we could do a little research, find out the history of why some of those re- regulations are the way they are. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I would I, venture, mean? Are...
1: <laughs> I would venture a guess to say that. Some of the laws they are, the, you know, they're the reason the regulations are what they are because of some dummy <laughs> in some, uh, suit and tie or, uh, or fancy dress that, uh, decide, no, this, this, this will help prevent the
0: deer from being killed, you know. Right. Yeah, I'm sure there's some, uh, interesting stories behind some of that stuff. I don't know if you ever, uh, saw that show on the History Channel about, like, how the states got their shapes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, great show. It's like, some of the stories behind that is just, you know, you'd never guess. That's why some of that stuff happens. So I'm, I'm really interested to look into that. So we'll, we'll uh, maybe we'll talk about that in the future. But anyway, my whole point in saying all that was, uh, and is, we'll, we're going to be talking about it really from our perspective of hunting here in Texas, uh, which I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but uh, it's probably the most, uh, and I use this word the correct way. It should be used the most liberal right as far as allowing you to to feed for deer so anyway spitz uh, let's jump into it you know i mean uh, where do yep. you want to start uh what is deer feed what is yeah. feeding yeah.
1: Well, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the very basic so yeah you know deer feed is, is a wide variety of uh of different things uh, you've got everything from uh just regular dried corn uh, which is obviously what we uh we feed a lot of here in the uh, the state of Texas out of uh, corn feeders, also out of free choice feeders, and we'll 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 talk about that uh, down the road. Uh, we've also got the deer protein pellets, okay, and they come in kind of a variety of oh, of different. Um, uh ingredients you know some have got 20 percent crude protein some are 16 percent crude protein uh i've actually heard from one biologist here in the state that a deer can't even really digest anything over 16 percent crude protein so maybe the 20 percent is just a a marketing thing who knows uh but it could be anything from from those two items to uh you know to salt licks uh to dried mineral um it could be a mix of corn and, and seeds uh uh, such as uh, some of the stuff that we've actually demoed before for people at uh, the place that we hunt. Uh, so so really deer feet can be of a, a wide variety of, of different things, you know, and to also include fruit. Um, I know that in some of the more uh, climate tolerant states, you know, they have apple trees and peach trees and whatnot that, uh, that the deer absolutely pummel. Uh, and then, of course, you've got going on more of the natural feed for deer. Uh, you've also got the, um, the, um, the, the types of crops that you can grow for them. Uh, you know, down here in Texas uh, during deer season, which, by the way, opening of bow season is this weekend. So good luck to everybody here in the state, uh, October one. Um you you've got winter wheat winter wheat's a big one for us down here um it's it's uh, it grows real well naturally in the winter uh, and also it's really good to graze your cattle on uh, so long as it doesn't reach a certain temperature, but that, that's a different story. Um, but you've also got a whole bunch of different seed uh, seed uh, combinations that you can plant: chicory, you know, peas, things of that nature. And the you know, you, you click on one of the three uh, cable hunting shows. I mean, every other commercial is talking about a new seed blend or a, a mineral lick or or something of that nature. So there is just a whole plethora of different products you can. Um, uh, "Quote unquote," serve to your deer. Uh, also, something that we do—I just forgot about—kind of one of our core items that we feed is cottonseed. Mm-hmm. Uh, cottonseed has uh, really kind of been a—it's um, always been around naturally, but it's really become a a real, real trendy product the past couple of years, and especially down here in Texas, people
0: are are absolutely feeding the heck out of it. Um, Why do you think uh, it's become, you know, popular like that? Uh, right.
1: You know, I've I, I read i read a wide variety of, of, of things, but I think that the top couple of things is is first of all, it's highly nutritious. Um, it is it is sometimes significantly cheaper uh, than your typical deer protein. Um, um, obviously, it's, it's 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 probably cheaper than corn. It's obviously more nutritious than corn, so it is cheaper um, than also, corn. Yeah, it is definitely cheaper okay. than corn. Uh, I've also heard that uh, in some cases, the, the hogs, while we have wild pigs in, in Texas, uh, as do a lot of the other states, but we got them bad here, uh, the, the pigs won't really mess with them. Uh, typically, you know, I've heard some people – Wow, is that the only them. thing? Right, right, yeah, exactly. But but then, uh, but again, I've heard that some folks say, no, they got used to it, now they're destroying it.
0: Uh, of course. Uh, yeah, They've course. adapted
1: Oh absolutely. They're they're the world's greatest adapter. Uh but I think another another nice reason is is, is because you know the cotton seed can actually get wet and it won't um it won't poof up to you know the size of a piece of bread, you know. Um so it's just really simple to feed. So yeah, it's it's become pretty big.
0: Interesting, interesting. Um Yeah, so uh you know what do you what uh why would you want to do that? Like, yeah, sure. uh, you know, um, people might be wondering, well, I got deer on my land and, right. you know, they've always been there. I see them every now and then and I guess right. they're just eating what's out there. It's like, well, why why, why do I want to go and uh, spend money on right. some sort of eating apparatus and then buy sure. something to constantly put in there? That's just more cost for me. Like, uh, right. so why, why would you want to do that? Sure, sure. And a couple of reasons why that uh, you know we're
1: legal, of course, uh, that you would want to want to look at feeding deer. You know, not only deer, you know, wild turkeys. Uh, you know, any, anything really. They, they, a lot can benefit from from feed. For, you know, first of all, let, let's talk about. You know, before you start, you know, a feeding program, you got to understand that, you know, corn and protein, deer protein pellets and, and cottonseed and things of that nature um, is all going to be supplemental. Okay. We, we call it supplemental feed for a reason. Uh, if your deer are relying on <laughs> the supplemental feed that no longer becomes supplemental, uh, it becomes uh, crucial. Okay. Pr- something Primary. Have have. <laughs> primary. Right. So yeah that that that's first and foremost is that you you want this to be supplemental feed and not and not you know hundred percent of their diets okay uh, and one way of, of telling of telling that actually is you know after a good rain okay if your your feed consumption starts going down, uh, for example, in the place that we hunt here in Texas, we had a horrible June. Uh, it was extremely dry. Uh, I mean, to the point where the grass and and everything else was just deteriorating. So the deer were absolutely pounding our protein feeders. Well, sure enough, come uh, we got about seven inches or so, and uh, gradually we could see them stop hitting the feeders and they were going back to the greenery. Uh, so that's that. That's obviously a very that's a great thing and a, a good thing to look at. But you know, the, again, I I kind of digress there. But the reason why you, you really want to feed a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, first and foremost, are you trying to grow big antlers? Okay, um, it is proven that that some sorts of supplemental feeding, you know, such as protein pellets, uh, you know, salt licks, cottonseed, things of that nature, will help a deer grow bigger antlers. Uh, obviously, genetics, natural forage, range, range conditions are also absolutely key to 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 growing a good set of antlers. But but definitely protein, all that kind will will definitely help him supplement when he's not getting naturally. Um, another reason why you might want to look at supplemental feeding for deer uh, is to uh, attract and hold deer. Uh, there are a lot of folks out there who hunt on, uh, you know, smaller tracts of land, be it 20 acres, 30 acres, 100 acres, or even less. Um, and you know, one of the, 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 the big problems that you get is, you know, you've got all these, you know, maybe smaller tracts of land, and, uh, you know, come deer season, they're all full of hunters, and the second that deer jumps the fence, guess what? You know, he or, he or she is going to be shot. Um and you know, maybe that was the, the, the big buck you were looking for. Okay. So, you know, supplemental feeding can definitely help where legal, uh hold your deer there on your on the uh, the particular piece of property that you're you're wanting to be on. Especially if uh, you don't I, have a game fence or you know. Yeah, exactly. Well guy, we can talk about the dreaded high fence. Right. Uh, that, that'll be another topic um but i th- i think really the the third reason why you might want a supplemental feed is uh really not so much for a hunting purpose but but for the fact that it's just darn entertaining uh you know one of the things that we've written about before i think one of our blogs is the you know having a having a house feeder okay again here in texas we, we're allowed as Jimmy said to, to liberally feed as much as we want to uh, so, so during the winter and spring and summer, we have a house feeder that's, uh, you know, three or 400 yards away from the house. And we set it to go off in the early morning after we, we wake up with a sore head. Um, and then in the, in the, <laughs> the evening towards dusk, it's just so we can watch the deer, you know, and not only the deer, but the turkeys, you know, in the, you know, in our, our this particular place we hunt, we have exotic animals. So, uh, it's just a lot of fun. So
0: those are Kind of my Sit out early. there with a nice cocktail and a cigar and
1: absolutely
0: watch the right. animals robe. I wish I was there right
1: now, <laughs> no doubt. So but in my opinion, those are kind of one of the three reasons why you'd want to you know to look at supplemental feeding. Okay.
0: All right. So you you uh sort of alluded to this uh earlier, uh in talking about you know what feed is and right. really here, why would you want to feed, but uh uh maybe jump in dive into a little more uh, how important it is to kind of actually take the time to take stock in your land's you know, current inventory of food sources. You know, it's really right. it's really important to know what is out there and how much is out there really and kind of sure. understand, you know, in time, good times how much could be out there and then in drought times how much is lacking out there right. and kind of get an idea of what your land actually do- produces itself because it can kind of uh, – uh, guide why and how and how much probably that you do supplemental feed. So totally Yeah, uh, like what are those things that maybe people, the main things I guess that people should pay attention to and really look out for right? Uh, what they're currently eating out there, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, range conditions are an absolutely huge factor in determining how many deer, you know, can be held on your property uh, and then what kind of deer, you know, as far as a, uh, you know, quality of deer. Um, so it's really important, uh, to, to always be evaluating what's going on on your piece of property. Um, it is in particularly difficult, uh, if you're in a leasing situation, because typically, uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking at a rancher, his or her income is going to be based off of, well, you got the hunting, okay. And that's what you're paying to the rancher, but it's also going to be livestock too. Most likely, you know, here in Texas, obviously cattle is king uh so we have a situation where we've got cattle out there and you know during the hard times um it, it's tough for you know ranchers to rotate their cattle properly sometimes so sometimes you're getting a situation where they're eating those pastures down to to bare bones now with that being said um cattle uh, actually really don't compete with white-tailed deer because cattle are grazers uh white-tailed deer are browsers so cattle will eat grass uh, whereas the white-tailed deer will eat forbs, broadleaf forbs, weeds, uh, acorns, uh, leaves, things of that nature. Um, but, but, uh, definitely looking at your range conditions is, is, is absolutely huge. Um, you know, one thing that, that you can do to, you know, if you really don't know what you're looking at, but you can really go on to any of the state's websites and, and, uh, you know, probably type in, you know, say like if you're in Kentucky, you can go on to Kentucky Natural Conservation, whatever. Uh, and they'll probably have a list of the white-tailed deer's favorite foods in Kentucky. Uh, and you can get you can get those print those pictures out uh, and talk about something fun to do with your kids. Go out there in your ATVs or on foot and and see if you can find those things. Um, look at them at different times of year. You know, see if they're being uh, pursued by whitetails. Uh, you know, and 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 obviously if it says, well, the the so and so plant is really the, the Kentucky whitetails' favorite deer uh, food for the winter. If you're starting to see that being eaten in summer, well, then maybe you've got an issue. Uh, then maybe you want to ratchet up your, your, your supplemental feeding program. Um, another thing you can do is take advantage of your local biologists. You know, here in Texas, we've got multiple biologists uh, that are assigned to the counties. Um, and uh, obviously they're extremely busy, but um, we've had them out to the place that we hunt multiple times. And they're very knowledgeable about the particular area and the range conditions. And, and they can say, you know, they can tell you what's going on. So. Um, it it's always important to, to keep your eyes open and, and look what's going on. Uh, obviously, the same thing was with water, okay? Water is obviously a really big, 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 big factor here in the state of, of Texas. So uh, we really watch our water sources, and, and we will supplement water too. In fact, we, I know we did a couple of videos on that, uh, which we'll be getting up shortly, and I think we did uh, we did a blog on that, or we need to be doing one. I just haven't done it yet.
0: Um <laughs> So yeah, well, we, it's, it's we, a process, right? It's yeah, yeah, work in progress. Yeah, yeah.
1: So still in um, little
0: research phase. Business. Definitely,
1: definitely. <laughs> yeah, the, the the point is get out there on get out there on your property, okay? Don't you know? Don't just be a don't just be a seasoned hunter, you know? Yeah. Get kind of any, any opportunity. This is me personally, and I know you you're the feel the same way, Jimmy. Any opportunity you get to get out of this concrete, uh, do it. You know, get out there, get involved, understand it, be you know, I hate to say it, be one with the
0: with the animals, be one with their environment, uh, and the no, better you know I mean, the their environment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, the the more you're out there and just yep. just walking around and you know getting a feel of the land and everything like that, it it's I don't know. There's something about it that uh, you know makes you more comfortable, makes you feel like Absolutely. you understand what's going on. You see, you can also start paying attention to seeing deer tracks and yep. uh, you know lanes and all these type of things that if all you do is you go fill the feeder and then sit in the blind and never do anything around it, you know, it's uh you, you miss out on probably Absolutely. three quarters at least of the whole, you know, experience of getting to know your land, you know, seeing what a setup looks like from the other angle, not just from where the blind is, is, can be interesting. You know? Oh yeah. Little, just little things like that, you know. <clears throat> Absolutely, man. So Absolutely. I agree. So I got a question for you. Sure. Uh, if you had to choose, and I don't know if you can, this might be a loaded question, uh, food plot or feeder? Which would? Which can you say or is it uh, – it, it just depends?
1: Well, you, you know uh, – I you know. Uh, I, know it, I kind it, of put you on the spot there. Yeah. Right? I no, no, no. I, I, I like it. About I, it like, I like you know, it. Honestly, I think it really depends on where you're at uh, and that's that's really bad bad grammar, but uh, i I think it depends on what part of the country you're in. For example, uh, folks down the Texas Hill country well uh, they would love to put in the food plot but but the fact of the matter uh, is they, they, <laughs> exactly yeah you you can't grow you can't you can't grow you know luscious green little vegetables on top of rocks. Um so it's very difficult for them to do any sort of food plots uh then you know of course the the opposite can be said by up in Throckmorton up in uh you know Shackleford County, Texas, where the soil is a lot more giving lots of good deep soil rich soil uh you can certainly do food plots there so i you know i i I would think it's it's where you um it, it it's it's what you can do obviously the the feeders are going to be a heck of a lot more um a reliable okay, you don't have to worry about the rain for your feeder to go off, right? Um and it's just probably a lot easier. Um but that's that's my opinion. I I say that probably the final thought is is that, you know, with the with the deer feeder, if you have a spin feeder, okay, so you can set up for various times it'll spin, you know, you can kind of dictate per se where the when the deer will appear. Uh, of course, as we know uh, having a a time spin feeder does guarantees you nothing uh but but uh, you know on occasion you will see uh you know you you it does work so
0: yeah okay yeah that's uh, I mean, that's that's interesting something to think about obviously uh it's kind of like like we've been saying it you gotta take stock of the land as it is and see what it'll give you and Absolutely. then you supplement that. Basically, what it's not giving you.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, you bet. So I and, guess that's and the, the other thing team, to remember, right? the other thing to remember, your range conditions are going to vary year after year. That's right. You know. Um, you know, I wish in a perfect world we had the come with a consistent amount of rainfall, but we don't have it. You know, the, you could have a fire. Um, that's that's something we actually need to talk about. You know, people freak out when they hear the word fire, and yeah, fire is bad in your house, but out there in the bush, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, anyway, yeah. So but trained. yeah, I mean, and just talk about like, uh, you know, from I don't know. I, have you kind of figured out a general cycle, say down at the uh, Rancho Bandito, kind of how it goes from a uh, drought to abundance yeah. to back to drought again? I mean, it seemed like I'm just pulling this out of my, you know what, uh, mm-hmm. from memory, but I don't know. Something, something, maybe every three or four years, is that? Kind of you, you
1: know. They and I don't know who they are, but but they they say that it's every five years, five years you, of, you know, five years in a drought, and then of course the the glass half empty folks say, yeah, five years in a drought and six months with rain, you know, which I don't know if that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it it it's, it can be pretty uh, can
0: be pretty frustrating, pretty brutal. Well, in the extremes of the like the extreme drought to the extreme lusciousness i mean that's a huge difference oh it's incredible (laughs) what what it does to the same piece of land in the same spot in in the same state you know it's just just crazy so it's uh yeah just uh i I, I would just say maybe another interesting thing to do uh for people if if they're gonna if they know they're gonna be on a piece of land for a long time uh keep like a diary that might be interesting you know say, hey, you know, this year we had roughly this much rain at this time, and we had this much, uh, you know, uh, browse and whatever else. Uh, Yep. You know, so you can kind of maybe see every year how your land is actually affected by the rain, Uh, you know, and and you can kind of maybe anticipate and see, well, since this happened, you know, five years ago, it happened about the exact same way in the spring through the summer, and and our deer hunting was like this at that time. Well, maybe I can anticipate it being like this this time, and because of that, I might want to do something a little different, or I might uh, want to, you know. Absolutely.
1: A- absolutely. In a nutshell, have a plan. Yeah. You know, have a plan.
0: Yep. Yep. All right. Um, so we kind of jump around a little bit, but I want to jump right back to one thing, and that's uh, browse management. You know, the right. idea of you know going in there and, you know, trimming trees need really to, or, you know. Right, work on cover areas uh, and that type of thing. It, it, you got anything to say about that?
1: Yeah, you know, there there are definitely certain things you can do that will um that that will increase you know natural feed for deer. Uh, you know, one one of the problems that a lot and again we always relate back to Texas, but. You know, what, one of the, the 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 big things issues we have in the state of Texas are the uh, they're called juniper trees, or we call them cedar trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cedar tree, uh, of course, it was put on this earth for a reason. Um, the cedar tree does serve as as pretty decent cover, um, uh, but the problem is with cedar trees when they get too big, and when I mean too big, I'm talking about about a bit of foot is where they start becoming a problem. Uh, is that the foliage on them are so dense and and, uh, and it's so dark underneath there that nothing can grow? Okay, so so the problem is you start to get these these horrible cedar thickets and, and you're basically just looking at dead earth. I mean, it is absolutely incredible. Um, you know how how you know, once they get in your property and, and they can really take over. Um, so to, to to your point, you know what what can we do? To help the range conditions because that's really what we're doing here uh and, and you know and by and it's not only for the deer it's for the turkey too and for the other critters well we can get in there and we can remove these cedar trees and by removing these cedar trees cutting them stacking them and burning them you know we are uh we are creating more browse for the deer okay because when we get in there we're going to be dealing with a, a clean piece of soil per se right well if we're using heavy equipment or even tire tracks, we're going to disturb that earth. When we disturb that earth, when we get some rainfall and some actual sunlight, guess what? Those seeds that have been stored under there, you know, 20, 30, 200 years, they're going to come up. Um, and then so we're going to be restoring it. So not only will it be good for the livestock, maybe some grass will come up, but can guarantee you some, um, you know, some browse will come up for the for the deer. Um, something else that you can do that I've actually, we, we've done several times in the place that we hunt, um, is you can actually get a tractor, if you don't have a tractor with a, with a plow, you can actually get an ATV, uh, get an ATV with a, a heavy log or a, a big member a railroad tie, something of that nature, and you can actually drive it through a pasture um, that, that's maybe just, um, that maybe it's just dirt, okay, or maybe it's just some prairie grass or something of that nature, but you can drive through there with those, and it will actually disturb the earth and it will bring up forms quite literally it's like you've created yourself kind of a natural food plot uh so again there's there's lots of different things you can do to kind of stimulate um uh, to stimulate deer deer food turkey wildlife food really uh, on your on your particular property, again, you might want to check with your, you know, regular uh, um, uh, you know, the laws to make sure you can't cut down this particular tree or something of that nature. In Texas, we can pretty much do as we please. Um, you also might want to check with the landowner too. Uh, you never know; they they could have an affection for cedar trees, and that's a good way of uh, not getting asked back if, um, if you cut down <laughs> right. trees that they that they like.
0: Right, right. Yeah, those cedars can get out of control oh they, yeah yeah <laughs> yep, yep. not to mention what they do maybe you mentioned this uh to the water and the water wow. table and all that no
1: yes. that that's very true yeah yeah no and and um god what's the the statistic i mean something like 60 it's so gallons, ridiculous yeah 60 gallons a day those big turds drink i mean that that is that is unbelievable uh so they are from what i've heard again I, i'm not a biologists but when i've heard they are decimating the water table in the texas hill country and i think in oklahoma as well oklahoma's got a big a big problem with them as um, as well they're they're literally taking over um so and they're not um, uh, they're, they're not
0: native to the, this area either right? no are they? they're
1: they're not they're they're adapted um yeah. that's something we can ask our guest about that's right uh, future, so. future guests, but we'll, we'll be yeah.
0: announcing in a bit. <laughs> or, or, yeah. or future podcast i should say
1: absolutely they, they are i think they're what's called an adaptive species uh kind of like johnson grass which that's another bane of my existence um but anyway um yeah so there are things you can do and and again talk about a great time of getting out there and doing this stuff is in the off season you know, it just gives you another excuse to get out there with a pair of loppers, uh, with a chainsaw, and, and, and making a difference.
0: And it'll make your place – it'll look like a new place. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I think maybe just the last thing is, is just, if you do mind, give people an idea kind of what we're doing at, like, Rancho Bandito as far as, uh, like, when to, on, on average, or typically start, you know, feeding corn and protein right. and – you know, when and during the year, and even seed, that type of stuff.
1: Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, it, 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 you know, really, you know, when, where, how, what, all that kind of fun stuff really just depends on. Um, it, it, it depends on. What, what are your goals, okay? It also depends a lot on your range conditions. Oh, and not to mention budget, okay? Uh, yeah, big, uh, I mean, big money, yeah, I mean, I got a money tree in my backyard here, so I don't have to worry about that, right? But no, of course, that that's not true. I wish it was. would we'll be talking on the gold microphone right now if it were right. the case. But,
0: you know, I think it, Rush Limbaugh really... has
1: the golden microphone. That's right, that's right, Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it really depends on all, all of those factors. But, you know, on the place that we hunt, uh, we typically, uh, again, depending on the range, conditions, all that kind of fun stuff, we will typically get our corn feeders fired up uh, actually right about now. Uh, we will get them uh, get them filled right now. Uh, in the state of Texas, the traditional opening day of deer season is uh, the first weekend of November. Uh, bow season opens opens up on October one. Uh, There is a special program for this day at Texas called Managed Land Deer Permits. Uh, The place that we hunt is on that program, so we can actually start shooting. I believe it's October one as well. So uh, we are we have gotten the corn feeders up and running. you know, corn feeders. Corn in general does not provide any sort of real nutritional value for the deer. It is a starch, so it does provide some. Um, I'm told some some energy. Okay, but uh, really, you know, the corn feeders are there to help us judge the the deer that we're looking at to make sure that we're harvesting a a proper deer. Uh, and once again, I digress. Um, as far as protein is concerned, you know, when do we when do we get that going? Well, first and foremost, we've got We've got corn feeders, okay, they're about 1,000 pounds and they spin. We have them on, on, on clocks, per se, timers. Uh, and then we've also got uh, 2,000 pound gravity feeders, okay, so they just, they're typical gravity feeders where they just, the, the feed falls down to these tubes and the deer can eat as they please. Uh, we will typically start feeding protein in January. Um, or earlier if conditions are, um, are saying we really need to. Again, we're, we're going to be doing that because, you know, the bucks are coming out of the rut. Uh, the dough's been run ragged. It's, it's, you know, quote unquote cold and it depends (laughs) what kind of winter we get in Texas. Uh, but the protein is really a big pick-me-up for them. Okay, and we'll keep that going through the antler dropping season to the antler growing season. Uh, you know, we always talk about the bucks when it comes to protein, but the font, but the does are important too. You know, the does will start having fawns. You know, them help with their milk production. And so, anyways, we'll keep the protein going till about August or so. And um, dep- again, depending on the range conditions. Okay, if we start to get some rain, for example, this year. Uh, it was a pretty rough August until the end of August, uh, and we ended up getting like seven inches, so we basically cut off the protein. You know, no more protein for the year. The bucks are shedding their velvet. The does, are most of their, fe- their, their um, fawns are weaned, uh, so they really are not going to be getting a lot from the protein. If it was a severe drought, um, if, the, if the drought continued, sure, we would keep it going just to help them out. Uh, cotton seed is kind of the same program as as protein um, and one of the reasons why we feed protein or we, we feed cotton seed is that it is uh, very nutritious uh it's it's inexpensive it's a little bit more labor in in uh, putting it out there I'll actually show a picture of that one down the road. Um, and the kids love to play in it, by the way, which is, which is kind of fun. Uh, again, getting kids involved any aspect of the outdoor lifestyle is absolutely crucial, or 20, 30 years from now, we won't be doing this. Um, digressed again. Um, as far as mineral and stuff is concerned, we'll put that out really all times of the year. Uh, we actually do put out salt as well. We typically put out salt after, um uh, typically after spring green up apparently i i've i i can not remember who i heard this from or i think i read it to from biologists but apparently the deer will actually travel multiple miles looking for you know a natural salt lick oh. um so they absolutely kind of like me right yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Yeah, so they they crave salt uh, because of all the greenery that they're eating. Um, apparently, it's something with their kidneys. Again, I'm no PhD. All right, but uh, so we put salt out, and guess what? They end up pounding it. Um, so again, we really we really spoil them. Um, you know, we would give away free vaccinations if they stand still, but, but of course they don't. So um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, we also do put out some alfalfa. From time to time uh, We do have axis deer on this place that we hunt um, The axis deer they, they love alfalfa But we'll we'll talk about those guys On another another segment
0: Yeah we'll have probably a, An exotic podcast That might be interesting That is a delicious idea Yes it is <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess just the last thing is uh, Where should uh, our fellow hunters Find deer feed Buy it Yeah absolutely well you know we we really subscribe
1: um as do a lot of people in the the state of texas and of course i'm sure this is usa wide but we really subscribe as as you've heard from the opening of our um of our podcast every time uh of um you know we you know really purchasing you know from the mom and pop the mom and pop businesses okay the the, the small town uh, businesses and whatnot okay um, that's something that's very near and dear to our hearts you know the these small towns, especially in the state of Texas and again probably elsewhere uh, you know they are the the backbone of um, you know of, of of the hunting industry in the state of Texas, so we really like to support them um, you know one of the things that we have coming out uh, on the feed bandit um, on the feed bandit website is going to be a search mechanism that's going to allow. Uh, folks, uh, especially in the state of Texas, to actually uh, do some research as to the best price of feed uh, and other hunting supplies en um, uh, route to their lease or to their land or to their ranch or farm or whatever you want to call it, so that they can um, you know instead of going to the big box stores per se right they can uh, they can patronize the um, if I said that word correctly, the, uh, the, the, the small, the, the, you know, the, the mom and pop entrepreneurs, the, the small town feed stores. Um, so that's very exciting to us. That's something that is extremely near and dear to our heart. Um, small town Texas has always been a, a big thing for me and I've always actually wanted to find a way to, to somehow support small town Texas to, uh, you know, to bring it back because some of these communities aren't aren't doing really well, and and let me tell you, hunting is the way to do it, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's an exciting thing. So so be be looking for that. We'll obviously have a big announcement down the road when we're when we're ready to do all that fun stuff.
0: Absolutely. And uh if you want uh a kind of a sneak peek, a special special look into what we're talking about here as far as that search mechanism goes on the website, uh just go to uh the blog that we've been talking about today, feedbanded.com forward slash feedbasics. And read through that blog, and uh, you can find a a link towards the end that will take you to essentially what we have. uh, It's in beta phase right now, so we're testing it out, still building it out, making sure – trying to get the tweaks out, but making sure it's going to be valuable to everybody. Uh, So if you're listening to this podcast, you have – you got some inside information there to kind of check something out that's not had not been released yet to the (laughs) general public. So uh, we're happy – happy to let you take a let you guys take a look at it uh, so uh, is that all anything else you, you want to add to the conversation? Uh, you know I
1: I think that's probably it we could go on and on and on but uh, okay. unfortunately it's, it's got to stop somewhere good. so I think we're, I think we're good for now awesome awesome
0: yeah we'll talk about it different things uh, more different you know different things more in the future and uh, we'll just see uh, how it evolves so all right that's great stuff yeah um, so, again, everyone, uh, it, you can find a lot of this material that we talked about today uh, on our blog at feedbandit.com forward slash feed basics. If you're interested in uh, reading more about the topic, uh, that's feedbandit.com slash feed basics. Uh, if you like what we, you get here and want more, and you like special access, access to new and innovative hunting gear, uh, just a reminder to join the hunt at feedbandit.com slash join, uh, where you'll get access to our uh, free ebook of unique hunting tips and tricks. So, again, that's at uh, com slash join to join the hunt. And just as a reminder to all the small businesses, feed stores, gear inventors, or entrepreneurs out there in the hunting space, if you'd like to get more exposure to potential customers by being featured on the Feedbait podcast, please let us know. Go to FeedBandit.com forward slash promote and drop us a line there. We'd love to discuss what we can do for you and your business. That's FeedBandit.com slash promote. And uh, so thank you, uh, Spitz, today uh, for showing us uh, showing us the way on, on feed. And uh, thanks everyone else out there. And uh, remember, support your local feed store.